Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Genty Show, broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Genty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Welcome to the Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio's. My name is Jamie. It's Tuesday, December the 12th, 2023. How's everyone doing out there? Good? That's good. So a little time of change today. You know, obviously, we're not at the right time right now. Um, maybe ne- next week we'll be, we'll be back on track. But nonetheless, we're here live and uh, I appreciate y'all joining me today. But first things first, I want to give a quick shout out to um, the great Megan Smith, Megan Smith, on her party to the, uh, this past Saturday. So I want to give her a, a shout out. So, so, uh, and I, I went. So always every year is always very entertaining. Met, met a lot of people over there. So shout out to you, Megan Smith, the trainer of CG. Now. The biggest matchup of Sunday night football before we move before we talk about the next four games for both teams. Philly and Dallas, right? So you know, so much hype before the before the game and so much, you know, talking back and forth. You know, it gets to the point where where just, let's just play the game and see how and see how we fare. And honestly, we fare we fell pretty great. You know, I, I I believe we're the best team in the in in, 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 in the NFC East. I don't think Philly or I don't think Philly's the, that great. And I saw a lot of flaws in their game this past season before this game that made me to believe that we will beat Philly this this Sunday, and we did handily, handily. I would almost say we're 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 not the little bitches anymore. I will I will say that. But if you look at this Philadelphia team, you look at a team that is falling apart right now. Okay, I don't know if it's the end of the season. I don't know if it's uh, too much for them. But I wanted to see a mat a great matchup and i saw a great matchup on dallas side but philly philly dropped the ball and it starts with your quarterback jalen hurts now jalen went 18 for 27 for 197 yards that was it no offense no touchdown passes no intercept that was it he fumbled the ball i don't know if it's twice yeah he, he fumbled the ball but that was it that was it for your quarterback. And I said, Jalen Hurts is playing hurt. Jalen Hurts is playing hurt, guys. He's not the right... He's not the quarterback that we've been seeing for like the first seven to eight games. Coming out, balling out. You know, knowing when to run. Knowing when... You know, running down the middle of the field for 10, 10 to 12, 12 or more yards. Uh, throwing the ball... To AJ Brown, throwing to the receivers, everything else. 
Well, you got to understand something. Jalen Hurts is that dude, but this game proved otherwise. It proved otherwise. I thought I was going to see a matchup of the great quarterbacks. And we saw one great quarterback and we saw one decent slash bad quarterback. And I'm not saying Jalen Hurst is a bad quarterback. I'm just saying, like, this was his, one of his worst games as a pro. And I blame their fan base for hyping this game up because they, because they knew we had a winning streak going. We, they knew we had momentum. And you're hyping your quarterback up to be the best, to dominate Dallas. Like we know, that's not never gonna happen, especially at at ATT Stadium. We have which we have won 15 straight games. So Jalen Hurts wasn't that wasn't that quarterback in this game. Now let's go to our MVP, Dak Prescott. Now I know a lot of people don't want to hear MVP. I think he should be. I he's in the conversation for sure, but. I would write him in as the MVP right now. I would definitely write him in. And when they asked Mike Tariq, when Chris Collinsworth asked Mike Tariq of that, he sidestepped the question. And I understand sidestepping the question. But to me, the results that Dak is producing right now, I mean, he'll be my number one. I mean, you talk about 26 touchdown passes through, through the first... 13 games, 14 games. Well, they're, uh, yeah, 13 games. And barely turned the ball over. Except for that one turnover that it, that he had. Which, we, we can forgive you. Um, This man has balled out. He went 24 for 39 for three, 271. Two touchdowns. No interceptions. He But he was sacked three times. One of them turned to a fumble return for a touchdown, which became the only six points for the Eagles. Nonsense. But other than that, who would, who, who would not put him in the MVP conversation right now? Let's play a clip from Steve, uh, from Stephen A. Please that 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 he says Dak should be in the MVP conversation. Let's play that clip, please. Is Dak Prescott the NFL MVP right now? The odds makers in Vegas say he is the favorite right now to win the award. His numbers the last eight weeks since the loss in San Francisco, which was obviously his low point this season, this team's low point this season. But since that point, he has completed 69.3% of his passes for 2,400 plus yards, 25 touchdowns, 23 passing, two rushing, just two interceptions, a passer rating of 118.5. You take those numbers and put them over a 17 game season, that is 53 touchdowns, 49 passing, four rushing, and four interceptions. 5,200 passing yards. He is producing at a ridiculous clip. Well, the right key now. is not turn the football over. Yes. I mean, and, and last night, yeah, he, he gets hit from behind. You got to protect the football a little better. Mm-hmm. That's the one area that I think I can dig him in. But he's taking care of the football, and I think that's the difference in how you're seeing him play. That's the first time he turned the ball over since. Yeah. It would take me a second to go back through his game while I can't remember. It's it's been a while. And I don't think there's even anybody close except maybe Brock Purdy, but everyone else in the NFL is like three or four steps behind him when it comes to the MVP talk. 
you look at the MVP race right now, at least according to the folks out in Vegas that seem to know everything, it's Dak and it's Purdy. And Stretch and I, you and I were talking about this just before we came on the air. I think one of the things that works against Purdy's argument is I'm not sure he's the most valuable player on his own team because Christian McCaffrey, their running back, is outrageously fantastic, and I think he might be the, stir- the straw that stirs the drink for that for that offense. And they were in a dogfight yesterday until Debo runs a mm-hmm. deep cross, and yeah, he gets there and can throw by the quarterback. But yeah, True. I mean, but I'm not trying to take anything quite, away no, no, no from question, Purdy. But, but is he, you know, I, I like your question. Is he the best player on the 49ers? I'm not sure, but he is he's playing fantastic. He's a great story in his own right and, and deserves to be in that conversation. Right now, I do think it's Dak. So, anyways, I'm tired. I, I mentioned Stephen A., but that's not Stephen A. That is uh, Mike Leslie of WFA Channel 8 in Dallas. So, yes, uh, there is always an argument between Dak and Brock Purdy as the MVP. First of all, you have, you're throwing to guys that are very dynamic in San Francisco, which you're throwing to Debo Samuel. You're handing the ball out to Christian McCaffrey. You're throwing it. You're also throwing it to George Kittle. So, so I wouldn't consider Brock Purdy as an MVP candidate, only because Christian McCaffrey and and the web Debo and the others are making him better around him. But San Francisco do do have does have a fabulous team. I'm not going to put Brock Purdy in that MVP conversation. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. He hasn't proven anything to me that says, hey, I can lead a team to a victory. When all those things are going down the drain, that can pick himself up. The defense had a, a terrible game against the Seahawks. Dak picked him up. The defense had the terrible game against the Eagles. Dak picked him up as well. But then again, it was a loss. So I look at it and I say, and I'll I can easily go back and look at it, look at Dak's stats, and look at how he's playing the quarterback position and say, Dak is the MVP. Hands down. Brock Purdy may have the best running back in the game in Christian McCaffrey. He may have the best do, uh, uh, two-way player in the game, which is Debo Samuel. But you got to be able to manage the game. You got to be able to control it. And Dak has done that. The, the amount of times that we got on this man for his consistent turnovers. And I want to make a correction, by the way. I thought he, he threw for 20. He, he had, I thought he had 26 touchdown passes, but again, 23. I'm sorry. But from where he started. From all the Dak hate till now, it, it's what else? What else? What words, Dak haters, are y'all trying to find to disrespect this man's game? I don't know where you can find those words at. I believe this man can lead you back. He can lead any ball game. I believe that for sure. 
I want to, I want to, I want to say one more point about the Dak hate, but first, let's play a commercial from Dak, please. As a professional quarterback, I get a lot of And I get it. When you're not a fan of something, spitting on it can make you feel good. But what if I told you that now it can do some good too? Let me show you. Got it. First, if you're 45 or older, talk to your doctor about getting screened for colon cancer. Then, if you're prescribed a home screening kit like this, grab the sample collection container and place a sticker of something you want to shit on right on the underside. Not a fan of marine life? Slap it on. Have issues with old-timey prospectors? Boom. It works with anything, from colors to large American predatory birds. Then, Follow the instructions on collecting and shipping your sample. Here we go! And in about two weeks, you'll have the results. It's that easy to get screened for colon cancer and make your feelings abundantly clear. So talk to your doctor today. Home screening kits like Colaguard are for people 45 or older of average risk, not for high-risk people like Dak. Dak actually wouldn't use a home test kit, but he's so committed to preventing people from getting colon cancer that he agreed to star in this video we wrote for him without any concern for his safety. I definitely deserve that. Visit leadfrombehind.org to get more information and some stickers we made. So, anyways, I want to play that commercial because um, I know a lot of men and women listen to this show. I know uh, oh, 45 and older, well, actually, my age and younger, listen to this show a lot more than 45 and older people. I want to do that because. I want to make sure that y'all are y'all not only get the humor humor of it, but the message behind it. So, so if you're 45 or older, make sure you go get your colon check. You'll thank me later. Later. But finishing on the Dak Kate, right? I said this before. Y'all hate your life, right? I love my life. There may be mistakes that I made in, 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 in you know, in, in due time and all that stuff, but I correct them and I make amends and I tell myself I will never do those again. Dak, you guys, you guys got to compare it between your life and Dak's life. Actually, you don't have to. You can learn from Dak's life because he's teaching you what he has gone through every single day. You can pull up a video that Dak has talked about his his grown uh, his his childhood. Y'all can learn from that. Everything that these players that that Dak or any of these players talk about their lives outside of football, well, we can all learn from it. I'm still learning today. Um, but y'all hate your life so much that you want to rain on another man's life. You hate Dak. That's the thing. You don't like the way he gets all this attention. You don't like the way he plays quarterback. You see one interception. Okay, you, you go off on him and you say hi. You laugh at our faces. Even though that may not be the reason why we lose the game. You look at his stats. You say you see over 40 passes. And say, oh, well, we lost the game because Dak threw for 40 pa- threw over 40 passes and he threw three interceptions. We're going to pound on him for about a week. Listen, he's human. He, he knows this. 
He understands this. He will. Fi- he's fixed it. So, y'all need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, "What am I doing wrong to hate on another ma- on, on another human being? What am I doing wrong? I don't want to hate on another human being. I want to. I want to." I want to be like them. I want to grow like them. You know, it's like a partnership like that. I want to be like that one day. You know, have great success on the football field, great success off it, and be the number one person on the Cowboys. We got to stop the Dak hate. We gotta stop that, or else you, or else that's you hating yourself. But let's hear because uh, no, I'll play that on my final take. But let's go to number two, Brandon Arbery. So now Brandon Arbery is the real deal on this team. And honestly, if if I'm looking for a rookie right now, the whole entire NFL, I go thirty for thirty. Kicking the football. Former soccer player, former USFL player. That's football, by the way. And I come in, I kick for the Cowboys, and I don't miss a kick. I should be rookie of the year. This man made kicks from 59, 60, 45, and 50. Kickers don't make those kicks, they don't make it from 59 or 60. Or even 40. They even struggle in the 40s. Sometimes in the 50s. But this kid has a strong leg. What a find by Dallas to say, you know what? We got to get rid of Brett Maher. We got to get rid of this dude. He is, this is between our points and our points. This is between the points. This is between... Uh, Man, this is between our points. This is between the game lost and the game won. And so, what a find by Dallas to find a kicker to kick the football and say, you know what? I'm doing my job. They kick it so nicely, though. But shout out to Brandon Arbery, man. I'll, yes, if there was a category for rookie of the year, I think there is. I, he will be there. Number three, defense. The defense recover. So the, after giving up 35 points and a bunch of yards to Geno Smith and the Seahawks last week, Dallas forced three turnovers and gave. They sacked Stephon Gilmore. I mean, Broadus has been riding Stephon Gilmore all year to the point where you want you want Stephon to retire. See, when you ride veteran players. All year long, whether it's Steph Curry or LeBron, they hear that. Such as those two. Or you're another veteran. Or if you're at a job one day, right? And you're like 30 years and over and you say you're not doing you're not doing your best, they hear that. They take they're gonna they take the initiative to get better. That's what Stefan has done. We've been riding this man all season long about his poor form tackling, not be able to cover the elite wide receivers, which I did. I think he did a phenomenal job on AJ Brown. 
But Stefan Gilbert, they hear those things. They say, you know what? I'm not old. Football years, yes. But I can still play this game and make an impact. And that's what Stefan Gilbert is making right now. Now, the question would be in the offseason, where do you put Stefan? Who, who, who do you, who, how does Trayvon Diggs fit in? But that's the question in offseason. But for now, Seth Hogan Seth made two huge plays. I believe he can still play this game. I believe it. It didn't take until the Eagles game to get up and and he must have done something during the week to improve his technique. He must have done something that he was locked in ready for this game. And he made all the plays on the field all possible. And I'm very proud of him for doing that. But but my question is, what, what, what will be prevent them from getting them to the next level? I think that right there is just, it's just, it's how the teams block you, right? I know that we haven't, well, I would say we have faced a, a, a great team, but we got two quality teams coming up. Which I'll explain further defensively in a second. But nonetheless, they didn't allow an offensive touchdown. They gave up 324 yards, which is not bad either, you know. So, they forced three turnovers. What more can you ask for from this defense? Number four, cry, Eagles, cry. That is their mantra. The cry eagles cry okay y'all been crying all all week for us right? matter of fact you be crying all week until until the next game until when you when you, when you lose to the seahawks when you lose to the giants twice actually you know what i'll take that back i think i think you will you will you will split with the giants because you play them twice in the next in the next few weeks so Look at their schedule right now. They got the Seahawks, the Giants, the Cardinals, which the Giants and Cardinals are home games, and then you got the at Giants. So the Seahawks is next Monday night. I don't know if they're going to win that one. I could be totally wrong. I don't know if they're going to win that one or not. Um, I want to look at another matchup too. I want to look at the Giants. So the Giants, they're riding on Danny DeVito. Okay. He's won three games as a, as a free agent quarterback. And he's won, well, actually, the last three games as a free agent quarterback. We know about hype. We know about celebrating people's hype. We know that for sure. Remember New York celebrated Jeremy Lin for about a second? Remember for a whole entire season? I think it was in 2012 or 2013. He was highly celebrated. To. It was, a, it was a long time ago, but it, it transformed his career to the point where Jeremy Lin ended up, ended up playing for a few more teams and then played in the G League a little bit, played overseas. I think he's still playing overseas, but we know how momentum shifts, right? We know how that shifts. We know as a, as a, as a sport in the sports world, we know we can celebrate one individual individual 
who's won the last three games, who's very love, lovable. We love his story. And then all, all of a sudden, it comes out to the one or maybe two games and it trickle down it's a trickle down effect. We don't we don't hear from them. We we don't hear from him or her anymore. So I I do think that New York fans should slow down the standing the veto stuff. Cause I've seen it all around. You act like you're going to make the postseason. You won the last three straight games, which was great. Right? So the last loss was the Cowboys, obviously. Um Momentum is so so great, right? I'm not saying the Eagles will go in here and beat Seattle. That is a road game, by the way. But I but was it Geno Smith or whoever or Drew Lockett? Y'all beat us. Y'all are desperate for a win. And I hope and I hope y'all get it. If not, then, then I, I still honestly think we're in the driver's, driver's seat. I still honestly think we're in the driver's seat. We just got to take care of business against Buffalo and Miami. Actually, take care of business against Buffalo first, and then we'll worry about the other stuff later. But but nonetheless, Dallas controls his NFC East. Philly's just, just, trying, to, just trying to figure it out. They got some issues. They got to figure out their quarterback. They got to figure out their running game. They got to figure out what receivers work. And they got to figure out their secondary. And I saw something on the post that said that someone else said, it was on the Cowboys page, that someone said, and I laughed at it because they, they said the Eagles are still the best team in the East. And I'm like, why? I just want to comment, like, why? Did you not watch the game yesterday? Did you not watch the last two games before the, the Cowboys game of what the Eagles were showing on offense, basically on defense as well? Do you, Have you not watched the Eagles this season? That's why their mantra is cry, Eagles cry, because they can't fix that secondary. And plus, something is wrong with Jalen Hurts. To the point where fans are calling, call are are saying we have to get another quarterback. Remember, it, it, uh, tables turn right. We lose this game, right? They'll be going for Dak's head. They'll be going for Dak's head right now if we lose this game. If we, I'm sorry, if we would have lost this game. But I can't imagine how Eagles fans feel. Eagles fans, you take that same energy that we have experienced for experience from for, from that from Dak all these years. You take that energy, and y'all will understand how we feel. Y'all will understand how we feel about this. It's pretty crazy that 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 y'all y'all that y'all can't address your quarterback. You're not even ready for like, like some people. I'm I'm pretty sure they are right now. I'm pretty sure the Eagles are the best team if you look at them. But I don't agree with it. The Cowboys have a better roster. The Cowboys have a better organization. 
The Cowboys have a better quarterback. Let me say this again so that Angela and Victor out there can hear me. Dak is better than Jalen Hurts. Yes. Y'all want to fight me? Then go ahead. But Dak is better than Jalen Hurts. Hands down. No questions. I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying Dak is, a, is I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is a bad quarterback. I'm saying Dak is better than him. But, you know, your coach makes excuses of why you lose the game. All that talking, talking, talking. And then you make excuses to the media of why you lost. You lost. Move on. Work. Work for me. Make the corrections. Move on. You lost, Ariane. You're not the best team in the East. You're not the best team in football, period. So I want to see what happens in the next four games, right? I, I believe we're in the driver's seat. I do think we, we will beat Buffalo. I also think we'll beat Miami. After looking at the games last night, but uh, well, actually on Sunday for Buffalo and, and Miami last night, Miami choked against Tennessee. They choked. How are you going to choke to, to a team that, 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 that has low expectations this season? To a rookie quarterback. You know, I was scared. I was scared. I was like, okay, we're going to lose to Miami and Miami, which that's still a possibility. You know? We can lose to Buffalo and Buffalo, which, again, a possibility. But looking at these two last night, I'm not saying we're going to easily beat them. I'm saying we have a chance. And I saw ESPN's percentage meter, and it said 50% Dallas. So I like our chances against Buffalo. I like the Seahawks' chances against the Eagles, even though they said 58%. I'm like, I don't know. The Eagles got to fix their offense. They got to fix their offense. They got to fix Jalen Hurts. Like, that offense is terrible. This is for you. So, I want to see what happens. I want to see if the Eagles go 2-4 and four and we win, like, three of the next four games, which I don't think we'll lose, guys. I, I look at the schedule. If we beat, if we beat the Dolphins, we don't lose again. We beat Buffalo. We beat the Dolphins. We don't ever. We don't lose again. We win 14 games, and at that time, we'll see what the 49ers do. If the 49ers lose a game again, maybe a game or two. Then I want that one seed. I want that home field advantage. Who would not want home field advantage? But either way, either way it goes. If we're one and two, we'll still get home field advantage. I just hope that. We take care of business and hope that the Eagles and hope that the Seahawks and the Giants do their thing. Possibly the Cardinals. I don't expect the Cardinals. But actually, you know what? I expect the Cardinals to do their thing as well. You have nothing to play for. You're playing for next season. If your job is on the line, the Card if, if I'm the Cardinals, if I know my job's on the line, I know I'm not I'm not going to the postseason. I'm going to make sure. We don't need your help. Again, I want to make sure I keep my job. I'm going to do every single right. Play to win. 
Fingers crossed we get this division and we get the no the we stay at the two seed. Maybe the one seed. We'll see. So um, my final take. Number five. Philly thirteen dollars thirty-three. Okay. Now let me talk about the fans for a second, guys, okay? Oh man. This is why we call this Beyond the Game because I always want to talk about, you know, stuff outside of sports. Well, this is actually, you know, this is actually uh, a sports show and I, I continue to keep it on sports. But we, we there's a reason why we have we have one fifteen straight at home. There's a reason why. We got to be able to act right. And I'm not saying we got to go up there, be all uptight and shit, and talk and talk a certain way because we make six figures and and seven figures or whatever that case may be. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we got to act normal. Even a person with less money or or well barely making it at all can act right. You just got to act right. Okay? And I remember going to the stadium. I remember going to the preseason game against the Jaguars in August. And I said, once I got my seat stolen, there's no fight. Okay? I'm not going to fight that person. I'm just going to go there two hours early, park the car, pay whoever is there at the park, at the park attendant place, walk to the stadium, and go to my seat two hours early because there's a lot of madness around NFL stadiums right a lot of madness I see them on videos all the time YouTube Facebook viral videos going there all the time where someone's getting punched someone's you know this and that happen all that stuff people can't control it they always blame the alcohol which yeah that's, that's a fair assessment but but there's other things that go around this stadium that people stupidly may do. So, this fool, Diego Sato, or Soto, yeah, Diego Soto, who's 19 years old, 19, allegedly, allegedly, well, no, I'm sorry, he faces a commercial bribery charge. Allegedly, he let people in for free. All he had, all they had to do is pay him. They paid him. So you're telling me a Cowboys employee, right? I'm doing my job Monday, trying to get these people in and out. You're telling me this idiot here, who's 19 years old, barely, probably in college, community college for that matter, or not in college at all, just looking for a job, just trying to get up here one day. You're telling me that fool at 19 years old allowed people in. For basically for cash you keep the cash you do whatever you want that is crazy guys that's crazy that's stupid why would you why would you risk your job like that if you're trying to look for another job or another high high end job you gotta keep a clean cut resume clean cut work experience all that stuff yeah, you, you gotta act smart for once. 
Stop putting yourself in risky situations. What are you going to do the next time when you're up for a promotion? They're going to look at that battery charge and they say, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. we got to stay away from that. He may do this again. Allegedly. Allegedly. Let me get that out there. Allegedly he did this. Oh, yeah, we got, we got, we got, I'm sorry, we got to, we got to say this away. Believe it or not, that was the high point. You're working at AT&T Stadium. You make more money than a regular security guard at any place out there in the world. You're at Jerry's work protecting his house. And you're telling me you're doing something so stupid to get an advantage. And now you get caught. And now you risk you now you're at risk. What job? Well, considering the fact you make this out, right? You make this out a lot. You make this out, right? Who's going to hire you? Somebody who makes six figures or seven figures ain't going to hire you, bro. They're not going to hire you. They look. I'm like I said. They look at that resume and say, hey, you did this in 2023. I mean, I granted, I you'll bounce back. You're 19 years old. You'll bounce back as a learning lesson. We all did stupid things at night, but not that severe. Not that severe, though. Not there. Listen, if they didn't have tickets, just deny them. Just tell them to go to the bar across the street. Do you know how many places... In, in, in this state or any other state have the Cowboys on on at their venues from Arlington to South Lake to Roanoke to Dallas to Plano to uh, West Side of East Side everybody every bar every gathering had the Cowboys game on for free all you have to do is just show up fans y'all have the money to bring to, to tell me to get there for free and put this guy's well he did it to himself let's, let's put it out there he did this himself but there's a lot of gatherings out there go home and watch the game go to the store and pick up pick up food and go home and put the game on it's for free stop trying to get a pass Like most people want the, want that in this thing. Work for it. Put on the grind. Stay up all night and work on your craft. And then you'll get there. Or maybe however different path you take. Now, 93,000 fans came to this game, right? 93,000. A lot of people. 95% filled, right? So... So obviously the officers were busy. Ninety, they had they attended to ninety calls. Oh, 90 calls! I can't imagine working at that. That's the NFL for you guys. I'm pretty sure there's a thousand calls at other places, but ninety. Oh my! One person got arrested and two people got arrested. Well, actually, he got, two people, three people got arrested. Two got the uh, public intoxication and one got. Warren. So basically, somebody, well, 
they got warrants so so you sit that out and you move on from there but guys we got to control ourselves we're in playoff season Raw is going to have the number one possibly the number two seed we're going to have a home playoff game for that matter so we want to hold our standards right we got to have the best we got to have the best venue possible we got to make others safe around us we got to make sure that we don't have we don't we don't make viral videos for ourselves we don't embarrass ourselves out there we just don't we just don't because we're not the type because they will the thing about it is right these people, these people that 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 worked at the, the games, the AT&T said it. They're, they're going to have a security training and they're going to, to bring videos up. If someone were to have a job at AT&T Stadium, right? They're going to have a video, a training video for them to look at the video and say, "Hey, how would you address this situation?" Right? There's no wrong answer for how you address any situation. However, for you, you may work at a high-end job and you're acting like that. Considering the fact that you're embarrassing their company, the corporate, you may get a phone call the next day that says, we no longer need your service. We no longer need it. And that puts you and others around you in a bind. So you don't want to put yourself like that out there. I understand. I get it. I understand that the game itself. I understand that um, we're in playoff season right now. I understand we have the number one. We could be. We could have the number one two seed, or maybe even the fifth seed. We got to play on the road. But the matter of fact is. We got to get a home game so that we can not only win, but y'all do your part and control yourselves. Then again, you make everyone's life a little bit easier. And that's my take on it, guys. We're in that season. Christmas is here. But again, we're going to, we got to protect ourselves. Now let's hear because I want to give a shout out to Coach McCartney. He had surgery on his appendix last week and he was able to coach this game, which to me, honestly, I wanted him to rest. I wanted him to not rush the process. I wanted him to rest. But Dak showing love to his coach. Let's play that clip, please, before we move on to basketball. Uh, solid enough to get the win. I told you before, I'm my biggest critic. Uh, I don't think I played, obviously, not my best game. Um, I'm a completions guy. I want to get completions. I want to get it rolling. Uh, there was a streak there that was, I, mean, I don't know, it felt like seven to ten, seven to ten or so that a uh, uh, few incompletions in a row. Um, but then we got it going. We got it back going. Got it back on track. Um, great two-minute drive. Uh, different things, but at the end of the day, defense played their asses off. Um, kicker was great. Aubrey Butter, Aubrey was great. Um, yeah, so I obviously did enough to win, but I always want to be better. With what your head coach went through this week, what does it say that he was out there? Was any part of tonight about supporting him in any kind of way and getting a win for him? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I, when we talked earlier in the week, I said, you know, we had we had a great practice on Thursday, and part of that was making sure that we prepared the uh, right way, um, take as less stress, as much stress as we can off of his off of his plate, and um, just get prepared. And uh, yeah, I mean, but today today was no different than any game day. Um, obviously, I understand that he had surgery just the other day. He's a tough guy. I mean, I know I called him out earlier in the week and said it what an opportunity to show it, but. Uh, he definitely showed it, um, and uh, yeah, felt normal. Obviously, he called some great plays, uh, had some great timings on some plays. Uh, even the sack, honestly, the sack fumble was supposed to be touched down the other way. So, um, yeah, he, he 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 called a great game. Did you guys recognize him at all afterwards uh, in, the, in the locker room? What? Uh, no, we did it. You know, I mean. Uh, no, we did it. I mean, he breaks, he, you know, he's quick. He, he chop, 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 pass it over to Jayla. We broke it down. So, you know, we got time. We'll get it. We'll get it in. Appreciate that, though. Yeah. You know, getting, yeah, game balls for appendicitis, you know, right, for the recovery. Right. So, anyways, um, Dak, shout out to Mike McCartney. Shout out to Mike McCartney. Um, take care of yourself, coach. Now, Next music, please. Um, let's go to basketball, guys. So we wish the Cowboys well. Hopefully they beat Buffalo. Stay tuned for my group page, guys. And I know a website's coming. <laughs> Stay tuned for matchups that I see throughout you know, the entire week and my predictions on Sunday morning. So basketball. Let's talk about men's basketball, North Texas, Okay. Now, on this show, I will definitely talk about um, Texas basketball as well. Um, they're in the midst of their toughest stretch possible. And also, we're, we're in that stretch where basketball, college basketball is important. So, not only the bowl game is important as well, but the, cow, but the college basketball in Texas is hyping up again. Gives my juices flowing to the point where I want to watch every game and see how everything works. See who's stepping up all right so let's do no let's do uh let's talk about these last two losses north texas men's basketball has shown and by the way shout out to everybody at the university of north texas who's taking their uh exams this week so shout out to them i hope everything goes well and uh we can you know you can Get home by Friday or even Thursday or Friday and just go and um, do your thing. Because I know the stressful part of, of taking a fi- uh, taking the, actually studying for it and taking the final. The stressful is is taking is, is studying for it, but it's all nature when, when when the exam comes in. But anyways, they don't have a game this week because of the final uh, because of the exams and all and stuff, so we pay attention to that. So, Boise State, last Tuesday, 69-64, Boise State beats North Texas, in which it was a close game throughout. Uh, Jason Edwards had 20 points, only guy that, that really had an offensive game. Um, like I, 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 I wrote some things down, and I said, okay, the closing is an issue, right? Or is that closing late? Closing late games is an issue. Okay. 
up six was less than two minutes ago. Less than two minutes ago, you were supposed to hold the ball, not turn it over, get shots up. When when you're on office, get a shot up and not turn the ball over. Okay, you're giving lesser teams confidence. You forced 20 turnovers against Boise State. Boise State did not play their best, which is why they only scored 69 points. And that's why you forced 20 turnovers, which is great. But then again, you lost the game because you couldn't control the press. And then when you got an offense, you couldn't you couldn't put the offense in the game. You couldn't put it in the right hands, which is which that is going to be Achilles the Achilles heel for North Texas this season. Who do you put the ball that score? Whose hands? I'm oh, sorry, not whose hands, but who puts the ball in what hands? I can't speak today. What hands? Who who gets the ball in the hands? Who gets the ball in the fourth quarter? Right? Basically, that's what it is. Even though they don't play fourth quarter, who gets the ball in less than two minutes ago? Who gets it? What offense are you running in less than two minutes ago? This is not an offensive team. Last year, you put it in Tyler Perry's hands and is able to come through. Okay? This year, I don't know. These last two games, you put it in the wrong, you, you put it into some random, you put it into Ruben Jones' hands and, or Aaron Scott or whoever's hands, and you're asking them to go to the basket and get them a shot. That ain't gonna happen. You had a chance. You, first of all, you couldn't beat the press. And second of all, you forced 20 turnovers, but you couldn't capitalize on those turnovers in the second half. So, with that being said, you allow Boise State to go on their 9-0 run and allow this man, Chibozo Agbo, to score 27 points. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, this team is not the same from last year. They have the same defense, but not the offense. The offense, the game sucks. It sucks. They don't have movement. They don't have ball movement. They don't have a, a a score. It's just some random person that scores at the top. So with that being said, it's like it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to say, you know what? You know what? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Ross Hodge at some point has got to find a score on, on, in the game. He's got to find one in the game at all period at some point and says you know what we gotta find a player that can come through in the fourth quarter less than two minutes ago who could beat the pressure I need a point guard that can beat the pressure and Rupert Jones can it's just that UNT is not ready for for the beat to, to beat other teams presses they're not ready they weren't ready for Boise State when Boise State started to full court press they weren't ready for it Usually, when you beat a press, you got to have someone in the middle so that they can get the ball down the court. You got to have five ball handlers, who, especially your big man, who can handle the ball. Because he or she may have to handle the ball, get the ball in the uh, in the front court to give yourself a chance. And in this case, UNT did not. UNT put it in the corner, which is the dangerous pace. To be there, to 
you're helping the press. You're helping somebody come through and double team them to get the ball out. And you have timeouts. Just call a freaking timeout so that you can beat the press. It pisses me off. It pisses me off because this is simple basketball. Have somebody in the middle, pass that ball, and then get in the front court. That's all you had to do. Otherwise, we're saying a different tune today. Well, actually, last week. Because this is a, a victory. Now I want to go talk about the one in Brooklyn. Forham. 60-59. to Forham wins on a game-winning dunk. A game-winning dunk. Like I said, stop giving the lesser teams a chance. Because you know why they're going to capitalize it. And then that thing, they're going to be the minds of the world. We, I, I don't remember a time we had four losses. This early in the season. I know later times we had our fourth or fifth loss like around, I'll say around like February. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, February or into the tournament. But now four losses before the, the year has started is crazy to me. And then on that game winning dunk, you lose just like that. It's not even a heartbreak. It's called a disappointment. This is a disappointing team. You double team a person at the corner and then you pass the ball off and then who is responsible for the guy at the basket? Who is for at least fourth a jump shot? They are not a jump shooting team. They came back well actually they came back because of jump shot, but they're not a jump shooting team. You saw that in the first half. You took away their whole entire game in the first half. And you gave them a chance. But this game, Jason Edwards again, 19 points off the bench. Aaron Scott had 10 points and 11 rebounds, which he did. He did. He did. He did. He did his job. And then their players, 10 and 8. No, the one person on their team scored 10 points. Antrell Charlton, 10 points, one player. You're telling me all those MFers scored. Seven to eight point, seven to ten points, and they won the game because one person scored in double digits, double, double figures. I'm sorry, one player. Y'all miss a bunch of layups at the basket. Y'all got to finish at y'all. This is why the score it was. Y'all got to finish at the basket. Number one. Number two, you blew a 12-point halftime lead. Everything was working. You were defending like crazy. You 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 were forcing turnovers. You were forcing. You were contesting a lot of shots. And now you look at it. Now you're saying you, you you're you're gonna lose the game. I'm sorry, not lose the game. But um and now you blew a 12-point lead, which by the way, they went on the 8-0 run. The first two minutes in the second half, they call the timeout. What adjustments needs to be made? Okay, you need to make continue to make them a jump shooting team. 
You need to contest the shots. You need to be able to communicate on defense. You're man. You're playing man defense. I'm pretty sure if you're playing zone, it'll be legit. But if you, but to me, to me, if I'm coaching, right? To me, you contest every shot. You make sure that everybody's communicating on defense. You don't give lesser teams. Like I said, you don't ever give lesser teams a chance. That was a lesser team. That team is going to literally win at least nine games this year. Nine. They're not even a good team. They're horrible. And you gave them a chance. They shot. North Texas shot 38%. So all those missed layups that y'all were missing at the basket. Y'all shot a cold 38%. The jump shot. It was a lot. It was terrible. That was the. That. If you had to write that, you if you had to sit back this whole entire regular season and you look at it and say, hey, what was the worst game? What was the worst game this season? This had to be it. This had to be it. You got to take care of the non-conference first before you good before you you can call yourself elite. They're not the same team from last year. So, guys, this is completely different. You're missing your leading scorer. You're missing your rebounder. And now Ross Hodge is playing more Robert Allen than than Sissoko. Because of the matches. The matches are quicker for Allen, which is why Allen's playing a lot more than Sissoko is. Now... The other team uh, now it, 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 dep- it depends who you throw out out there. North Texas wants to run. They want to. They don't want uh, not, not necessarily run. They want to be able to be athletic down low. Okay. They want to be athletic down low. In order for you to be athletic down low, you have to go small, and which they did. Right. They went small and they stayed there until you know until <laughs> and, and, until. Um, until they, they, they were taken advantage of. So I guess they're going to stay like that until a team says, hey, we're going to beat you this way. We're going to beat you that way. It doesn't matter who you throw out there. We're still going to beat you. So it's, it's another loss. This is not the same team from last year. I think their run of success is over. Um, unless they, unless. They make a complete 180 in conference play, which to me, that's not going to happen because you're playing in a tough American conference and every team's coming for your head every single game. So with that being said, I do think that North Texas, I do think that North Texas run is over and they got to accept the fact that we got to get more victories. All right, so let's talk about let's transition to women's basketball. I want to talk about this matchup first before we go to break. So, North Texas women, you know they're you know they played against Arkansas Pine Bluff. They beat them seventy-three to sixty-six. Poor showing in the first half for North Texas. You know, second game in a row that they showed themselves in the sec in the first half as being a poor team. Wish that not, but but there was nothing going on <laughs> defensively. But not defensively, but like there was nothing. There was nothing going on uh, uh, in the boundary. There was nothing going on defensively. Not defensively. There was nothing going on in the first half in these games against Pine Bluff. So let me give you the stats. 
Zai Green, 18 points and 7 rebounds. That is, uh, that is the Arkansas Pine Buff girl. Uh, Desiree Carnell had 28 points and 12 rebounds. Fritos, 10 for 29 for, yeah, 10 for 21 for uh, Pine Buff. 25 for 38 for North Texas. So now the fouls kept crippling up. So now North Texas shot 38 free throws to uh, Pine Bluff's 21. So it was highly contested. No flow on offense and Pine Bluff physical game. So if Pine Bluff was physical in the first half, North Texas had no flow on offense. So to me, the question would be, which North Texas team is going to show up when it comes down to conference? Is it the team that, that has no movement, no ball movement on offense that's going to show up? Or is that the team that, that's going to wake up in the second half and say, hey, we got a ball game to play. We're going to be able to um, shine from that. And also, that game was an 11 a.m. game. So just so, just so you know, that players who play at, play at 11 a.m. have to wake up at 7 to get ready for this game. So maybe that maybe the start the midday start got to them. Maybe no excuses. You gotta play in front of the kids, right? Because they gotta wake up early. Turnovers, even. I always want to give North. I always want to get on North Texas for those turnovers, man. Stop turning the ball over. I know they're a physical team, but stop turning the ball over, man. Second half, scoring. North Texas forty-seven, Pine Bluff thirty-five. And then, you know, they, you know, like I said, it was an early start, but they finished it. They won. So, so with that being said, we got to be able to perform. We got to be able to, the women have to be able to perform a little bit better starting the game. Doesn't matter what time it it starts. You got to perform better, hands down. Now I'm going to transition to Alcorn State because this, this was an easy victory, 84 to 50, North Texas. North Texas is nine and one, guys, in women's basketball. No, I'm sorry, eight and one. My bad. They won seven straight. Yeah, yeah, they're nine and one. Sorry. Uh, Alcorn Zaya, Zaya Washington, 19 points. Desiree Curl had 19 points and 10 rebounds. Tamisha Lampkin had 15 points and 5 rebounds. And Shane Duncan had 19 points. So number one, the bench play needs to, to, needs to improve. Number two is their best start since the early 2000s. I think it was like 2006, 2007 they had this best start. Uh, keep the momentum going. So that means, yeah, you can post, you can take pictures and do all that stuff. And you say, we are the championships. But you haven't won anything yet. You haven't played anyone yet. And Jason Burton knows that. He knows we haven't played anyone yet until conference play starts. So you're going to play these last three games. Oh, I'm sorry. Two to three games of non-conference. And we're going to see what type of team you're, you're going to be in conference play. So I have a question. Could Desiree Colonel grad transfer? Could she be in line for the WNBA? I let me ask this question again. Could Desiree Colonel be in line for the WNBA? Here's the thing. We in North Texas's women's history, and I could be fact checked, right? 
They have never had a WNBA player drafted. This woman won American, American Athletic Player of the Week for scoring. This woman can really score. A double digit player every single night. Could she be the one that goes to the WNBA draft and be drafted at the third round? Yes, there is a third round in the draft. Or possibly, possibly a free agent uh, contract that will get her on the roster and get her playing. I'm not saying she's a Caitlin Clark or an Angel Reese. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that level. I'm saying Desiree Crohn's got a great game. I'm saying she she can fit on many d- rosters in the WNBA. Because everybody on the roster is going to athletic. So if you're not athletic, you're not going to have a roster. But, but I do think that uh, Desiree deserves an athletic spot, a, a roster spot in the WNBA. It's just that the WNBA as a league refuses to add more teams. If you add more teams, you will see the talent go up. I already explained this issue. That's my issue with the WNBA. Y'all want growth. Y'all will get If you add, if you be proactive in adding more teams. There's 50 states in this America. You add a team in, 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 in every state. You can. That's the biggest thing. So for Desiree, I think she'll be a lot. I think I, I honestly think these scouts should watch a North Texas game this season. Put it on. If listen, if we're if we're not good, if we if we get blown out, or if we're not good by mid January, and yeah, I'm giving the mid mid January. I'm not saying don't turn it out. I'm saying look at that one player in, in Desiree Colonel. I do think she's going to have an excellent conference play season. And and by the way, we did not get to nine games last year. Well, we did, but it was the other way around. We is it, it was late, 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 late in the year. We won our ninth game. I do think this year is a total one eighty. It's because of her and and Jason Burgess coaching. And so, with that being said, I look at Desiree. I said, "Hey, WNBA." Now TCU down, down thirty five. Actually, you take well, yeah, you take thirty five. You get on, you're in Fort Worth. You get on Montgomery Plaza. You see TCU women. TCU women are ten and zero. Again, this was was North Texas thing. They have not played anyone. TCU women have not played a soul. Texas women, I'm sorry, Texas University of Texas Longhorns are ten. I think they're ten or eleven or oh. I know they're undefeated. They're they're ranked in the top ten. TCU can get that ranking one day. I say this because TCU has not played anything yet. But I want to play a clip. I want to hype TCU up. So let's hype TCU up, please. Let's play that clip from TCU, please. Thank you. 
So anyways, you saw um, you saw the hype TCU that I bring to this podcast. So thank you're welcome TCU. But we'll see what happens with the, with these both of these women's teams when they when they go into um, you know they, they play the next few games and then they go to conference play and we'll see if they're they're, they're the real deal in conference play. So all right. But this week, like I said, it's finals week, so we won't see another game till Saturday or Sunday. So then we'll we'll report back and we'll review what if they're real or not, if they experience a loss or whatever they experience. Alright guys. That's it for basketball talk, college basketball talk edition. We'll have more of that next week and actually we're not done with the basketball talk yet because we got to talk about the WNBA and the NBA so let's talk about the in-season tournament let's recap that and also let's talk about the WNBA draft and Zion let's talk about that on all on the other side is Fishbowl Radio's Beyond the Game
be the last voice you hear tonight And every other night For the rest of the nights that there are Every morning I just wanna see you staring back at me Cause I know that's a good place to start I know people make promises all the time When they turn right around and pray yeah. And someone cut your heart Open with a knife, now you be dead Don't you know I could be that guy To heal it over time And I won't stop until you leave there Cause baby you're worth it So Don't act like it's a bad thing to fall in love with me Cause you might look around and find your dreams come true
might be seeing me again. So, you know, the NBA had their in-season tournament final. The Pacers and the Lakers, uh, well, the Pacers put up a fight. The first three and a half quarters, and then the fourth quarter, the Lakers took over. <laughs> the Lakers beat them 123, then 109. And so, my question is, I didn't really watch the tournament. I, I, I watched this game, but I really didn't watch it because of the highlights of the, of the gym and all that stuff and everybody else. I was really looking at the Spurs, the Spurs, how they were going to fare in the tournament. And they fared badly because we're, we're, we have a, we're on a 17-game losing streak and all that stuff. So it doesn't matter about what the Spurs do at this point in time. It only matters about the good teams. And right now, the Lakers are a good team. I like how their team's constructed, though. And the Pacers are a good team as well. The Pacers did it overnight. Tyrese Halliburton is an all-star. And many people can go back and say, you know, we passed up on this kid. We, we, we didn't do enough research. Sacramento should be a fool of themselves to trade him. Sacramento did not give him an opportunity for that matter. So it's all about opportunity. You got to give the kid time to grow. And he's grown in Rick Carlisle's system. He has grown. I honestly think that Tyrese, however, one day will be considered an MVP caliber player. It's just that Indiana, don't let him go. Don't let him go. You are notorious now to leave. let players leave. You're, you're like, let's, let's start in the beginning, right? Let's start with Reggie Miller, right? You know, the 2000s, Reggie Miller and the Indiana Pressers were always in the postseason every single year. They always, they're always the, the kings of the East. They put a fight towards Detroit. Uh, who else was in the Philly, uh, the Raptors, for that, for that matter. Those were teams, those East teams were good back in the, Miami. I mean, Indiana put up a fight, New York, New York Knicks. Yeah. So, Reggie Miller. And then now you transition to Paul George. Uh, you even had, well, Miles Turner. Miles Turner is still there, which he's always subject to trade rumors. And always, and always pinpoints to the Mavericks, which why, I don't know why people to this day are saying Miles Turner to the Mavericks. Y'all, are, y'all idiots are saying Mavericks, Miles Turner to the Mavericks. For what? The Mavericks have already addressed what they need to address. Miles Turner is happy in Indiana. Stop going through those tra- trade scenarios. We don't need players on this team. We just need a consistent base every single night. There. Indiana's going to be good. I had them as the 10th. I had them still in the play-in for now. But I do think that they can make a easily run towards the top. Towards the top of the East. Well, not the top of the East. I'm sorry. Be in the top four, possibly mid-East, mid-five or six. Because Rick Harlow can coach. Tyrese Harlow is that ball player. Indiana's got a good team. So do the Lakers. The Lakers got a good team as well. And the Lakers, I know Gabe is happy. I know he, he's, yeah, he's happy. He's happy somewhere, but... Why would you be happy about this? This is a this is a is he in season tournament? 
I know you want to put a banner up there and say you want you want in December, but at the same time, you know, it doesn't count towards anything. It counts towards yeah, it may count towards your legacy, but for LeBron and AD, but it, it, it doesn't count towards the ratings for the regular season. So it doesn't count at all. So with that being said, I want so with that being said, we gotta stop. We gotta stop putting the well, no actually, you know I, I do agree with this. I do agree putting a banner in the Lakers stadium. Not necessarily the Clippers. The Lakers say, hey, we're gonna see the champs for the twenty twenty three NBA playing tournament. Not in the playing tournament, but like uh the end season tournament, sorry. Which it was a success. I think it's the best thing going. You know, every year we're going to have teams fighting. It gives players initiative to play. Gives them, gives them something to look forward to. incentive, And a bunch of other things as well. And so, you know, you know I, I love the fact that the NBA was able to have this. It, it's just that I got to be invested in more of it. And I want to be invested in more of it for years to come. So I can talk about it and I can possibly participate in it. So I love it, man. So, so, this, so this season tournament has to be, has to be more. Has to be more incentives where these players can play for it. The losing team gets more, well. The losing team got more than its fair share, but I do want to see that. Uh, I do want to see players get upgrades. Like for example, upgrade their brand. Like Aaron Naismith for the Indiana Pacers, for example, or Cam Reddish for a center. Cam Reddish is going to be a great player, good player in this league, a good role player in this league. Only if, only if. He works on his craft and sits right next to LeBron and says, LeBron, and LeBron will groom him to numerous heights. LeBron will groom him to numerous heights. LeBron will say, you know what? We got to be the best player. We got to be the best. So LeBron will groom him to numerous heights. So sit right next to him. Say, hey, we got to be the best. And work out with LeBron because Zion won't. And Anthony Davis won't work out with LeBron, even though LeBron's right there. LeBron's in. LeBron spends more of his time in LA than in any other place. He's right there working out every single day. A 38 year old man working out. He's better than most of these kids that work out right now. Most of these kids, no offense, do not work out, and that's why their game is falling apart. Because they don't take the time to get into the gym and work on their craft. Andy Davis, you had your best outing possible. You had 41 points and 20 rebounds. 41 points and 20 rebounds. It's only when you want to play, when you want to put those stats up. It's only, it's other, another thing is when Stephen A and other people call you out. Because they're so damn, they're so damaged about your game that <laughs> I'm like, dude, they are so benign of your game. It's like, it's like you're playing for them. 
but yet they don't care but yet they're not supposed to care about what you're they, they don't they think you make the team but honestly you don't you're part of the team you can produce stats you can block shots you can score the basketball you can grab rebounds but you're not all of the team you had your team lebron is lebron counts it counts for, he doesn't count for everyone everyone has a role austin reese has a role cam reddish has a role uh d'angelo russell has a role Torrey's Prince has a role. LeBron excels in that. Now, Anthony Davis can be the all-star all, all night long. It doesn't have to take one game to do that. It doesn't have to take an in-season tournament to prove that. So, for you to prove that, you got to keep uh, keep this momentum up. And beat the Mavericks tonight. And beat the Spurs twice this week. Which, by the way, I don't know why. Well, no, actually, that that Tony Parker thing's on. On, by the way, Tony Parker's celebrating his ceremony on Sunday, so that is a Sunday game, and I don't know why it's in the afternoon where I won't watch, but I will definitely give you a highlight of it. But anyways, um, nonetheless, um, so this was a successful tournament. Now, let's get to the WNBA stuff. And before we, we before I talk about this order, this draft order that the WNBA has produced, let's go to the commissioner. And she's going to talk. She's not going to talk. She, yeah, she's going to talk. But she's going to give the announcement of the team. Let's play the clip for the WNBA draft, please. The fourth pick in the 2024 WNBA Draft, presented by State Farm, goes to the Seattle Storm. Congratulations to Noelle Quinn and the Seattle Storm. Seattle missed the playoffs for the first time since 2015. Haven't had a lottery pick since 2016 when they took Brianna Stewart at number one. Picking third will be the Phoenix Mercury. Congratulations to Matt Ishbia and his daughter, Jamie, and all of Phoenix. This is the eighth lottery pick in franchise history. They missed the playoffs the, this past season for the first time since 2012. All right, so we have, we're down to two teams. We know two picks, we know the order. CP. What do each of these teams that we just saw need to add to their roster? Well, I think for the Indiana Fever, the area that I think they could really benefit the most from is at that point guard spot. And having someone that can distribute the basketball, a, de a decision maker, and be able to move a Christy Wallace to the wing, Erica Wheeler bring that defensive force, but somebody that can run, can run a team. And then for L.A., I, you know, how do you pass up on a possible Caitlin Clark but to get a Cameron Brink or a Camilla Cardoso and be able to move around the Agumake sisters, yeah. that would be pretty good. They got options. Yeah, yeah, no, there there are definitely options. And I, and I think when you're in this situation too, obviously if you have the number one pick and you have an opportunity uh, to get a Caitlin Clark, you know that can be a, a franchise changing player for, for a long time. But at each one of these positions, you get the best player available. Yeah, you know, we will see who's going to get that top pick, whether it's Indiana or whether it's L.A. Let's go back to Bethany Donovan for the picks. We're down to the final two teams vying for the top pick. 
second pick goes to the Los Angeles Sparks. Los Angeles Sparks, we talked about the leadership of Neko Gumake. They missed the playoffs this past season for the first time since 2012. They'll get the second pick. And that means the first pick in the 2024 WNBA Draft presented by State Farm goes to the Indiana Fever. The Indiana Fever. Back to back, number one overall picks. They had Aaliyah Boston last season. Who are they going to choose this season with their number one overall pick? Aaliyah, congratulations. Thank you. Nothing, Jackson. No car we on? No, nothing. My shoes, I told you. I oh, it's the shoes. shoes. Okay, she's got yeah, yeah. platform heels. Right. <laughs> Aaliyah, congratulations Thank on the you. number one overall pick. What do you think this means for your team, for the franchise, and for all of Indiana? I mean, I think it's just going to be another talented player that we can use to help build us to be back to the franchise that the Fever was at. And so I'm super excited um, for this upcoming draft. Okay. So anyways, you heard from Leah Boston. Indiana gets the number one pick, which... Okay, I'm trying to wrap my mind. Why? Why? So, you go, okay, I don't understand this. Why is Indiana the number one pick? Indiana has what they have right now. You're not going to, it, for anything, right? You're telling me you're, you're going to put Caitlin Clark, who is the number one pick in the draft. Yeah. Or unless she pulls a one pulls a one eighty and says, "Hey, I'm gonna stay in Iowa for another year." Which, to me, why would why would you want to stay in Iowa for another year? They have nothing there. But anyways, and I'll explain to why they don't have anything there. However, Kaylin, I'm trying to understand how Indiana fits in the Caitlin Clark situation because they have what they need. They have Aaliyah Boss. They have Melissa Smith. They have uh, Chrissy Wallace. They have Eric. They have what they need. It's just that last season was a learning season. And Coach, I can't, I can't remember her name, needed to learn the game, the WMBA game. And so... This is this is unbelievable. I don't I don't get it. A point guard. You need a point guard that that controls the floor. A point guard that can have leadership. Erica Wheeler is the point guard. So you're telling me you got to if you're gonna draft Caitlin Clark, you gotta either play two or three. You're not gonna make you're not gonna make Erica Wheeler play a one. That doesn't make sense in coaching wise. Or you may bring you may have to have Caitlin Clark play bring the ball up make. Erica Wheeler play off ball. However, I do think Erica Wheeler still has to bring the ball up at times to control the offense. Caitlin Clark is a different animal when he gets it done. It's, it's a different. The Sparks need a big man. Cameron Brink or Camilla Cardoso can work, can help. I do like that. I do like that, however. I also, also think that one of the boom, well, NECA's not done. I think Shanae is done. I think Shanae is done way over her head. I think she's done playing basketball in the WNBA. Looking at her at the NBA level, covering the games, I think she's done. I think 
everything pinpoints to her being done and missing up a bunch of games last season confirmed that and again I could be wrong I'm looking at Cameron Brink I do think she fits on this team um, you need these scores down there I look at the Phoenix Mercury and I say you need a player you need a player that can really change the franchise Again, Caitlin Clark will work in Phoenix and Seattle because Seattle needs somebody to supplement Jay, uh, Drew, Drew Lloyd. But if we're playing devil's advocate, I think Indiana has that has that right. But I do think, in, uh, but the Indiana again could pull a 180 and say we don't want Caitlin Clark. Maybe we want a, a Cameron Brink. Maybe we want a, somebody that is an actual small forward. Who knows? But I do think Caitlin Clark fits in Seattle. I told this. I told someone this on this podcast, and I'm going to. to um, I'm going to find that video, and I'm going to put it on. I'm going to put it on the website. I told someone. I said, Caitlin Clark fits in Seattle. She fits in Seattle because Seattle. Um, see, Seattle needs somebody that fits Drew Lloyd. Somebody that can play off from Drew Lloyd to get the the shots up. So if if we're talking about Seattle, if we're talking about fitting Drew Lloyd in. Then I, I think I think I think we we're, we're uh, I think we're going to be all right with that. Now, uh, Dallas has number five, Washington has number six, Minnesota has number seven, number eight, Atlanta Dream, which they have, which a few weeks ago I saw the draft rank of Angel Reese being at number eight. I don't think Angel Reese fits on that team, but then again. I gotta look at more of her game to say, hey, she fits on the Atlanta Dream. Number nine, Dallas again. That's coming off a trade from somebody. Number ten, Connecticut Sun. Number eleven, New York Liberty, and number twelve, the Sparks again. So if I'm Dallas, for this area only, I would draft a point guard. Any in any of those drafts, I draft a point guard. I draft a point guard that can shoot the ball as well. Not saying have a high field goal percentage, but a point guard that can distribute the ball, bring the ball up, take timely mid-range jump shots. So that's my draft order, and I will post this on the website. Um, Let's talk about Zion for a second. Now, Zion, I want Zion to respond to to his critics, critics out there. So let's play a clip from Zion. Because he's getting flack from Charles, Shaq, and Stephen A. and others. Let's play a clip from Zion, please. see me do better thank you but if it comes from anywhere else 
everybody entitled to their own opinion. Can't control that. So you heard from Zion. So he's right. However, let me explain to my experience. So back in 2017, I was 367 pounds. Right? Didn't necessarily end my basketball career. Actually, my basketball career is still going. So I was at 367 in 2017. Okay? 2018, I was like trending through 350. I got to my lowest as 330 at 2017. 2018, I'm sorry. 2018 through 2019. Sorry, 2018, I was at 330, creeping up to 340. And then um, everything started to trickle apart 2019. 2019, I was at 357. Okay, I was still big. I had a big butt, big stomach. I couldn't even see down there, for that matter. When I was look, when, when, when men look in the mirror, you can't see down there. That's a problem. And my stomach was wide. Okay, my stomach was wide, and I can sh- I have pictures to prove to y'all that that it was that. Okay, 2020 pandemic year, I was at 350. Okay, that's because I was. Uh, I, I, I I ate three straight homemade pizzas. I ate the whole entire pizza, right? And then I ate two ramen noodles. So two those two packets of soups. I was not working out. I was not working out efficiently. And I went I, w- I went to a basketball tryout and I failed. And I was out of breath. I was out of breath. And and those guys are right. I was out of breath. But I got down to my lowest at 271 back in. I got down to so in 2021. I I, lost, I went to Camp Gladder every single day, and I got down to my lowest point at two. I think my lowest was like 271. From 2021 till now, 271 till about 300. That's where I'm at right now. So I'm at 290 right now. So I'm I'm, lo- I'm trying to lose 19 pounds by the end of the year, which is still doable though. So I'll start the year fresh and um, go from there. But when St- St- Stephen A. called Zion, he can eat the buffet, something like that. I said to myself, I said, I was Zion. I was Zion running, the, uh, breathing hard down the court. Sweating all over everywhere, all that stuff. I was there. I lived it. And it was tough because you lose all that motivation, you lose all that momentum to work out again. I had to make sure that I woke up early to go to a CG workout. I had to make sure that I'm working out at 25 Fitness every single day. At CG every single day to meet my to challenge myself to meet my fitness goals. It's tough in these streets to lose weight. You see, you see all these places that have new restaurants coming up, and you see the next food, and then you see a lot of discounts. It's a lot. It's a lot, and you try to cut down calories. It's a lot to indulge. And as as ball players, we got to be able to manage that. We got to be able to be comfortable in our own school and not let the other fools tell us what we can do with our lives and how we can live it. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to have a Stephen A. tell you you can eat the buffet. Yeah. You can criticize all you want. But at the end of the day, Zion wants to live his life. He, or anybody else. If they, they, want, they, they feel comfortable with their own skin and let them. They feel comfortable in their own skin, for that matter. 
it's not the best but at the end of the day somebody also somebody may tell them hey you know bro you, you got to do it bro you gotta lose the weight and for the longest time i was so embarrassed and now i can move freely i can go anywhere i want i still challenge myself to this day of keeping my stuff under 300 and uh, you know and living to the best so with that being said, every with that being said, I say this to Zion and I say this to anybody else that is trying to lose weight. I say this with love. I say this. Just take your time. Just take your time. Have a plan. Cut calories. Watch videos, whatever you can, whatever makes you feel comfortable, and go from there. Keep working on it. Pray about it. Do it. But Zion, you know, you you scored 36 points last night. And you you did your job. They're going to criticize you for your weight issues for the rest of your career. And if you say to yourself, hey, I got down to 265 or 250, then they'll, be, they'll praise you for that. They'll praise you. It'll be nothing but praise. But for me personally, for you, Zion, keep doing your thing keep playing basketball and don't let the haters be don't let the haters dictate your game because New Orleans doesn't care New Orleans New Orleans has not been to oppose that has not gone past this the second round well actually past the second round in, in years so they're still going to be flat where they're at you are not the face of New Orleans I think Brandon Ingram is or CJ McCollum is so, with that being said, Zion, keep living your truth, and I will post that picture of me being at 355, 357. I will do that. I think I'll do it today. So, so that I'll prove people that, hey, it's okay. All right, guys. That's it for today for my show. I know we had a little bit of a late start due to me doing other things, but we'll be back on, on a normal time next week at 12 o'clock. We'll definitely dive into the Buffalo and Dallas game. We'll definitely talk talk about basketball and a bunch of other. And also, John Morant is coming back, so I have a message for him moving forward. Coming next week, I'll have that message for him next week. All right, guys, that's it for t- today. Thank you for listening and watching to Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio. Subscribe wherever you 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 get your podcasts is at. And uh, I will talk to y'all next week. Take care, everyone. Hey, world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Genty Show, broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Genty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in.